Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors keywords 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Nothing but dramatic finishes in the Big Ten last night. Nebraska at the wire beat Illinois. Tony Carr hit a three to send it to overtime before Minnesota finally won it. And then there's Michigan and Maryland in Ann Arbor last night. We have both calls from Johnny Holiday and Matt Shepard. Howland brings it up. 12 seconds to go. Maryland down by two. Marcel drops it down to Checo. Seven seconds remaining of the game. Six seconds. Herner with a three. Got it! Got it! With three seconds to go in the game! Livers. A football pass to Rachman. A dribble drive. And he's fouled! by Bruno Fernando with .9 seconds left. And Rockman went to the line and he hit his first free throw to tie the game, which, by the way, was .999 in his career. He then hit the second free throw to put Michigan in front and win it with his 1,000th career point. How about that to get 1,000? Two good friends of mine, Matt Shepard, uh, it's about as good a guy as you're ever going to be around calling the Michigan games. And then there's Johnny Holiday, who told Rose Carter from uh, Sports Information. He's, he looked at Rose. He said, look, he said, if Steve and I, he said, I've told many people this. If Steve and I live about an hour close to each other. We'd be out there playing golf and having such a good time. Our wives would get ticked off. <laughs> so. That sounds so pretty to, accurate. To, 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 uh, no, John, I, I think the you know I think the world of Johnny. You do. I mean, I really do. I mean, I, I can't get a, a better guy than Johnny Holiday. Awesome announcer too. I mean, awesome pro. Uh, so, been very lucky. Okay, let's get to Neil Coolong. You know, have you seen that some of the minority owners, the the Rooney's own about I think thirty percent of the team. Not as much as people think anymore. Correct. Right. But they also, but the minority owners have no stake in the management of the team. The Roonies do. They have all, I mean, in other words, they couldn't hire or fire the janitor. Right? Uh, so they said, you know, maybe we ought to get rid of Tomlin. Uh, and uh, there's a rumor running rampant out there that Neil Kulong is one of them. You, you may not think that, but I was the one responsible for the Senquez Golson pick, so I, I lost my, uh, <laughs> my voice in the ownership office. <laughs> Yeah, he certainly had speed at Old Miss, I thought. Yeah, that worked out well. Well, uh, uh, let's just start in general. How did you view the game and, and how it played out, decisions were made and so forth? How did you, uh, you know, in real time, what were you thinking? Yeah, first off, let me say this. The, the first thing I thought about um, today going into this call was I don't think I've ever made that bold of a prediction on the air or in writing before and been so horrendously wrong. Oh, I mean, it, it, Neil, that was you know, Neil, tying that into my initial part. That was, I, I, I mean, oh Neil, God. I said they would woodshed this team, my exact words, and they would shut them out. 
So, yeah, I mean, honestly. how how wrong can I be? Well, let's say extremely. I, I think everyone was wrong, you know, which almost kind of makes it <laughs> a unified effort in a way. I mean, it was <laughs> my first thought was with that first touchdown, I was like, um, okay, I, I expect a little more out of the run defense. And then the, the second drive, it was like, it, are, is there a locker room heated? What's going on? I mean, they're moving like molasses. They were really slow. There was no sense yeah. of urgency immediately, not at all matching the, the bravado that they had leading into the game. And if, I'll admit a flaw here. I, I bought into that. I was thinking, okay, I mean, they're, they're really being brazen about this. They wouldn't go this far, in my opinion. I think I said that last week. Right. They wouldn't go to these lengths if they were not supremely confident in their ability. You absolutely did not see that in the first half, really, at all. I mean, there, there were maybe a moment or two, but the, the, the defense was horrendous throughout the entire first half. Yeah. Um, by that point, 28-7, it was, it was over. I mean, I was, you know, packing up. I was putting out the, what do you think of the Steelers' season <laughs> questions on, on Twitter. Um, you know, for, for them to have made the comeback that they did, it was, you know, in a way inspiring. There was a good stretch of play in the third quarter, but then the same stuff came back. And to me, it didn't seem like Jacksonville really changed anything on offense. It right. was the same stuff over and over again. Your, your screen passes, your swing passes, throwing a cross every now and again, and Artie Burns completely losing the football when, when matched up in man, one-on-one with a rookie undrafted free agent receiver. If that doesn't personify everything right there, you have all the momentum in the world, and you just gave up a 60-yard bomb to a guy that nobody drafted yeah. like a couple months ago. It, 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 this is a playoff game, guys. I mean, it, it was it was miserable. That's one of the worst Steelers games I've ever seen. Um, and that that's accounting for the fact that they they had a shot in the fourth quarter. They really what? did. Somehow they, they came back to it. Uh, I want to get to, I'll get to a couple other things in a moment. But I want to get to Burns for a second. To me, that was that was uh, the second most egregious mistake he made in the game. The other one okay. was was the dump off to Yeldon who was supposed to have outside leverage on that play. And when you look at it, he's behind William Gay, the nickel guy, when the ball's dumped off. He's supposed to have outside leverage on that play. Yeah, underneath, it looked to me like he had flat responsibility, at least, in letting Yeldon and several other... um, Yes, uh, went 40 yards. It was the the depth that they were giving them. They were actually Moranny losses. I mean, it just really the the aggression just wasn't there. And, and Burns has had an issue with with spacing, in my opinion. Everyone gets after you know uh, uh, Keith Butler now, and they got after Dick LeBeau for the amount of space that cornerbacks play off. I mean, I don't think people quite understand how fast NFL cornerbacks really are. But with Burns, it's not his physical speed. It's that he he's flat footed when the ball is snapped. You don't know where he, he isn't really comprehending what's going on. It seems like what you know is, is coming in front of him, and with that, he misdiagnosed that play. And you're right; he got lost on the field. That's why he didn't have outside contain. It looked to me like he didn't know where he was. Right. And that was the same problem with the deep ball. He got lost somehow or other. He got lost. It's just a, a terrible game from from at least that side. Both with with him, I don't think Mike Mitchell played particularly well either. No. Um, it really unfortunately masked a, a pretty solid performance from Joe Hayden, who I thought locked down yeah. pretty much the, the other side of the field. So to me, it it speaks even more to the point. You have such a a one-dimensional offense that that carved you up. I mean, a high school team could have had success on third down against the Steelers defense. The the pass rush wasn't there. Coverage wasn't nearly as sharp against really two guys the entire game. And for for them to give up 45 points to that, I don't think I've ever seen the Steelers defense like that. It it was just a, a miserable performance. You and I, obviously the Steelers scored on two long fourth down plays, the one to Martavis Bryant, the other one to Antonio Brown. 
But in the early going of that game, they went forward on fourth down a couple of times. And now this is me. I didn't agree with it. I thought, look, just get some points here because it's still it's a long game. I felt like they panicked at that point. Now, you may have a different opinion. You may have thought, hey, look, you're the better team established. So how did you look at a couple of the early fourth down attempts that they didn't make and didn't get points? I think the first one is the most telling to me. The first one, the situation was, okay, we're not going to let these guys come in here and bully us in our own house. This is our strength. We've built this team to be short yardage. We've put a ton of money into our offensive line. We're holding on to our running back still. We've got talent on the outside. We should be able to get a yard against anybody. That's my thought going into it. But the real problem was you had that pretty much the same decision on third and one or third and three or whatever it was, uh, the, the down before it. And they, they run a quick pitch five yards deep in the backfield against probably the fastest pursuing linebacking group in the NFL. To me, it was like, wait a minute, what, what Jaguars team do you think you're playing here? These, these guys can move. They're fast. Not to mention the fact Jalen Ramsey is probably the best all-around cornerback in the NFL. That guy can hit, and he yeah. wants to hit. You can't run at him with a tight end. I mean, that's really just not a very good idea. Not to mention the fact, it's not like you're talking about Mark Bruner or anything here. I mean, Vance McDonald, for, for as well as he played, and, and he, an admirable job he did kind of picking himself up throughout the season, he's not going to be able to block a guy like that with that much space. This, this isn't a quick block. You know, This is a deep, long pitch. That's an old-school football play. I, I didn't like to play on third down at all. Right. Fourth down, it's like, okay, you're, you're now trying to make up for your mistake. Now you're going to get inside, at least run inside zone, if not power. So what do they do? They pitch it out to the right again. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I know. For the life of me, I can't understand that. That, to me, was arguably the worst play call I've seen, the most confusing play call of the, the Todd Haley era. And I'm not somebody that bashes play calling all that much. Right. It's done in a well, vacuum. It's, the it's not way. the easiest thing in the world. It, it's it, no reason you should have called that play, or at least that, that concept, twice in a row. There's no way you yeah. should have done that. So you, you threw it away. In that case, then, yeah, I agree. Kick, kick the field goal if that's your best play. <laughs> that's not right. going to work. Especially when you're facing a speed team and you've been able to attack speed teams straight ahead. Uh, and allow the other part too that you know for, for the Steelers for the Steelers that had to be really disappointing is is that Jacksonville got pressure with four all day and rarely I don't even remember if they even blitzed. Yeah, they, they really didn't. They're not a blitzing team. That, that's what they've built to do, and that's why they're so difficult to beat um, when you get a big lead. And the Steelers, probably more than any team in the NFL, now knows that, and that that was why it was so critical early. Uh, for them to get uh, points on the board, getting back to your earlier point. Um, but the, the two touchdowns allowed right away, that plays exactly in a Jacksonville pass. At right. that point, that is going to be such a difficult team to beat simply because they want to run the ball. They don't have anything of a dynamic offense. They have to be conservative. So in reality, all they're going to do is milk the clock, and they're going to attack you up front. What they can't really do all that well, typically, is stop the run. And the Steelers could not get the run going right away, really, because they didn't commit to it. They, they threw on, on five of their first six downs. And in that, they, they didn't really try to attack Jacksonville where they lived. They, they wanted to invite Saxonville to Pittsburgh, which to me is, is a right. tremendous mistake. And it's the same mistake they made in the first game. So they, they obviously didn't learn anything from it, and they got beat, in, in certainly on the defensive side of the ball, way worse than they did. All these things put together, it, just, it, it was the most confusing and disappointing coaching performance I've seen of the Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era. I don't think I've seen a, a team less in position to win a game than they were in this one. 
Uh, Antonio Brown, what do you think? 75, 80% just as a guess off the top around there? Uh, yeah, yeah I, okay. I think that's fair. All right. He was limping yeah. after runs. Do you know uh, Do you know what I noticed right away on, on every catch, and especially on the two touchdown catches? He didn't celebrate? No, no double. Yeah, well, that's, okay. yeah, that's, he, that's Jacksonville, he, too. Right, but he, he was single-covered all day. And you and I both know he demands a double. I wonder how much that played into, because Roethlisberger was looking around, where is everybody? And because his prime guy was not double like he normally is, that left other people out there and no lanes to throw in. I thought that played a role in in, in how the it, game played out. From from what I saw of Jacksonville, what, what it seemed to me, uh, that they wanted to do was was try to limit Bell um, underneath yes. more than anything. They they put a lot of guys on him. Yep. I think that that might be where the safety had gone. Right. Um, they, they've got the speed with the linebackers to keep up with a guy like Bell in, in the short field. But more than anything, they wanted to limit him after the catch, and they did a, a very good job of that. Outside of the, the gorgeous wheel route touchdown that he scored, that, yeah. that's impossible. I don't know if there's more than another two running backs in the no NFL doubt. that can make a play like that. No doubt. Uh, other than that, they only held him like seven yards a catch. Which yeah. is a, a great job against him, and the risk, of course, is you're going to put at least single high coverage on a, a, a playing field with Roethlisberger and Martavis Bryant, and Juju Smith-Schuster on the other side. So, to me, what, what Jacksonville really is saying is we're going to dare you to throw deep because we like our cornerbacks as, as well they should, and more than anything, we're going to beat you to the ball. We're going to get our four guys in your face before you can throw that deep. And the interception uh, that, that Ben threw. Um, on the first drive was exactly that. Not a deep route, but right. they ran a stunt. They they pushed, uh, I think it was Marcus Gilbert on Malik Jackson. Jackson pushed Gilbert back far enough into Roethlisberger. He couldn't step into his throw, so he threw a really bended out route, and Jackson, Miles uh, um, Jack just undercut, uh, undercut McDonald for a great turnover. That's what they do. And to me, you see a lot of this today with the championship-level teams. I mean, going back to the Giants in, in 2007 and 11, they did a lot of this. Seattle runs a lot of this. It's not an intricate or complex defense. It's just a very physical and very fast one. So uh, the Steelers just really couldn't keep up with that in some cases. But at the same time, they made them pay. I mean, Roethlisberger was on fire in the second half. No doubt. brought them all the way back. So uh, the the gamble was there for Jacksonville. And in the end, they got the win because, really, they they made the big plays. But they paid for them, too. Well, what's interesting is the Steelers had chunk plays. I mean, any team that gets that many chunk plays in one game for touchdowns normally wins with complete ease. And uh, they got a lot of chunk play. The, the play to Bryant, the play to Brown, the play to Bell. I mean, those are huge plays from scrimmage. All right, so now we get to the final 212. <sighs> what, what were your thoughts on watching how the final 212 played out? I, I, I have no idea. I really don't. Honestly, I wasn't even looking. I didn't think there was a way in the world they were going to kick an onside kick. Neither I did I. It. I was looking somewhere else. I was like, wait a minute, you did not onside kick that. Why would you do that? Logically, it makes absolutely no sense. I think Mike Tomlin, he summarized his decision perfectly at his press conference when he dropped his classic, I don't live in my fears bit. Like, well, do, do you live in fear of success then? I don't understand. You have no statistical reason to do that. If, if you're worried about Jacksonville driving the length of the field for a game-winning touchdown, why are you not worried about them getting 10 yards for a field goal? 
I don't understand that at all. It makes no sense to me. Not to mention the fact, have you noticed the I don't think that the, his teams have even recovered an onside kick in his era. 2000, is, Chris two, Boswell is the guy who missed the ball off the tee. Yeah, 2000, I mean, it, it, 2007. 2007 is the last time the Steelers recovered an onside kick. 2007. Okay, that's- that's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> and I mean, literally, 2007 is the last. Man. You know, but but you and I both know the rules have changed on onside kicks. You can't load up nine guys on one side anymore. You're not allowed to. Nope. That's why. Nope. That's why the percentage of that play has actually dramatically gone down because you'd have guys running down and blocking guys off the play and going after the ball, so you'd have at least a better chance at it. Now they've really taken away almost any realistic shot of it unless you get a really great bounce. Yeah, you and you have to get that bounce, and it, it's essentially impossible. There's no way you can do that. If, if it was, it would be weaponized by now in the NFL. You just can't. It, it's complete fluke luck play. You have two and a half, two minutes and twelve seconds left. Two timeouts, which is another side note. I thought was a, a miracle for once. The Steelers are, are in a close competitive game at the end, and they have more than one timeout. That right. never happens. Right. They, they have a, a very good opportunity. They really do. The game is not over at yeah. that point. Two minute warning the, plus two timeouts. Just kick it off. I understand. Believe me, I understand. Your defense hasn't done much, but you need Agreed. to ask them to do something for once. And if they do yep. at that point, then it's on them. But now you've drug yourself into it. Now you've created a strategic problem. There's no reason for you to give them short field with the opportunity to go up two scores when the converse is one of two things. One, make them drive the length of the field. And it really, are, are they going to do that again? I, I don't know. Maybe. But it's still Jacksonville's offense. You still have the opportunity to make a play on the ball. Or you kick the least likely, kick for the least likely scenario in all of football. Why would you choose that option considering the consequences at that point? If there's a minute left and you have no timeouts, I totally get that. Yeah. Be, with right. with oh, yeah. a two-minute warning and two timeouts, right. there's no reason you do that at all. I don't yeah. care if he lives in the spheres or not. It's a ridiculous call. Um, not not one that cost them the game, but certainly one right. that did went in line with the rest of the team throughout that entire game. It, it really balanced out a, a perfectly horrendous game on, in, in many ways in, in all three phases. Finally, Neil, uh, is this an off-season of drama or quiet? Well, I, uh, <laughs> I think for their sake, it better be quiet. Um, yeah. I don't know another way to put that. It, it will be dramatic in the sense that you've got a couple looming decisions. Um Interestingly enough, with, with Roethlisberger uh, going into to the second-to-last year of his contract, this is typically when they've begun negotiations on an extension. You know, a report comes out that uh, he wants to play three more years. To me, it, you know, looking at it holistically, that's almost code for I want an extension. Right. So considering their cap position and their, their position on Le'Veon Bell, you might be able to, to work around a few things to get that get to that tag level, which I know I said that it wouldn't happen. Anything's possible with the salary cap if you really want it to happen. Um, an extension would probably work a lot better. And, and looking where the Steelers are, it might be better for them to, to explore, you know, overpaying for him a little bit just simply because of how phenomenal of a year he had. Imagine if he's training camp under his belt. Yeah. Um, all of those things said, I, I think it'll be a very intriguing year for them. But in terms of the, the, the bravado, the brashness, I think they should probably just can it, eat some humble pie, and, and really figure out how you need to be a championship team. Because in, in reality, there's probably only three or four guys in the Patriots that would start in the Steelers. 
and the Patriots are probably mm-hmm. going to win a Super Bowl again. Why is that? It's not just about talent. You guys are, are putting way too much on yourselves as individuals. You're not focusing on what the team really should be, and I know that because you get into way too many games like this that experience should win out. You guys should be at the point that you can beat the Jacksonville team at home in the playoffs. There's really just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You should be able to beat New England by now. But um, to me, if anything, what I want to look for is, is a couple of veteran defensive players that can come in and kind of take care of things. Doesn't have to be an overly talented or a high paid guy. Somebody that wants a ring, somebody that is known as a very strong, high character leader, and somebody that can unite a team in, in such a way that it can get them over the top for a potential championship. Look back at Kevin Green in, in the early yeah. mid nineties. That that's exactly the role that he played. In right. my opinion, that's the kind of guy that they need to find right now. Well, Neil, at least uh the Pirates stood pat and you and I have something to look forward to in the spring and the summer. Yeah, that's that's a that's a championship contending team there. Did you see Josh Harrison now just flat out said, "Well, maybe you should trade me too." Uh, that's a, supposedly, that's no and supposedly they are. There is a there. The word on the street is that he they are shopping. <laughs> Huntington's response: "Oh, we're way ahead of you, Josh. Don't worry. Just, <laughs> Don't worry. Get something for you. We're talking to three teams. We're good. All right, <laughs> Neil. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. That was." Uh, I thought you handled that pretty well. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you should have seen me Sunday. Right. It was it was far less reactive. It was a, a state of sullenness after a while because it's like it's a week of this now. I'm going to put up with this. Uh, fire Tomlin. Fire everybody. Uh, oh, I know. Everybody always has to be fired all the time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I do that to my insurance agency all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fire everybody. I didn't like how you guys handled that. Fire them all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Neil, thanks. Good stuff. We'll talk to you guys. Neil Kulong, USA Today. Fire everybody. That'd be great. What do you think? Who oh, do you after, want to fire? Oh, after that first fourth down play where, you know, oh, oh, he I needs a couple inches. Now they I, patch, I, pit, I, pitch I, it five yards all. back to Bell. Fire Haley. Uh, fire Joey Porter. Uh, I mean, what the heck? Let's have a fire sale just like the Pirates. Well, they ran that fourth down play, and I yelled out, fire the digital media guy. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We are having right now what I refer to as the Hallmark Channel snow. Every time you see one of those Hallmark movies around Christmas, it's always that big flakes, gentle snow, no breeze. That's what we have. Hallmark Channel snow. Brought that up to the suit one day, and he said, I get Hallmark Channel. All right, yeah, great. me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I exactly I know exactly what you're talking about. That's, uh, yeah, one of the TVs in our house. That was the most watched uh, channel at our place, for sure, for all those Christmas <laughs> movies. So, yeah, but, so, yeah, you got the puffy white light snow, yeah, easy to take yeah, off oh, your car. Yeah. and Gentle. You know, yep. Yeah. If you're going nice. to get two to four inches accumulation, you know, stretch it out over a period of longer than... You know, 12 to 24 hours, that we can handle. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Although it was enough, though, to cause some early dismissals 
across the valley today. Uh, oh, yeah. We were supposed to have uh, Shikalemi basketball tonight with the suit and the chief tonight. Uh, Shikalemi Lewisburg has been postponed. Uh, no new date has been set yet. And Shikalemi Shimokan wrestling tonight, uh, that's been pushed back to Saturday at 3. And, of course, uh, Steve will have that for you here on WKOK. Steve Williams, that is. The um, do, do the people realize that he, he disguises his voice and he calls off games? <laughs> I have to look into that a little further. I'm I'm just I just want you know I don't want to work. <laughs> I don't work for free. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Ben Roethlisberger will be back with the Steelers next year, and he also says he didn't want to see the staff change. A weekly radio show says uh, he doesn't want to commit to football past 2018, but stress continuity for players and coaches in the offense is critical. So I'm just playing it a year at a time. I'm excited to come back next year. And there was, was a report in the Post-Gazette saying that he told teammates he was open to playing three more years. Now, as Neil mentioned, this is his way of getting a contract extension. He said, I'm not going to look past one year. I'm going to look forward to next year and give it everything I have. And he says he wants Tomlin back and he wants to see Todd Haley back. So... That's smart because he he knows that all the pieces are still in place for another deep run next year if everything falls into place the way it should. Let's see. Well, I mean, they, look, they have the talent now. Defensively, they're going to have to get better. Oh, linebacker for sure. I mean, no offense, but forty-two should win it for you. It's just a you know, just a thought. I'm no expert, but I, I really feel like forty-two should win a game for you. I would. <laughs> I can tell you the next time I'll see another 45-42 game like that. That normally does the trick, scoring 42. No. Yeah. But he wants back, and that's fine. That, that's good. You know, like, there are not many quarterbacks that fill the bill in the NFL, in terms of speed of the game, ability, playmaking ability, things like that. There just aren't that many of them. Um, but, you know, I mean, because anytime you make a move, anytime you make a move, you can't just make a move to make a move. You have to make a move and ask whomever I get. Are they as good or better? Well, with Ben Roethlisberger, no offense, that's a pretty easy question to answer. At this stage, you're not going to get somebody better. And it's going to be difficult to get somebody better unless you acquire them in a deal or you suddenly have a tank season where you're going to draft high and you're going to draft someone. What was Roethlisberger, the 11th overall pick? Yes. Yeah. It was one of the rare years they drafted that high. I mean, I mean, simple as that. Ah, oh, they had to get rid of him going. So I mean, no, 
Although I haven't heard many fans say that. He's coming off a five-touchdown performance, for goodness sakes. Was he perfect? No. But you know what? You know, the... uh, was the scoop and score big in the game? Absolutely, but you can't hang. You, yeah, you can't. You, you can't. Yeah, you can't hang that loss on him. Absolutely not. No, I, I now do. I think the first quarter and a half he played well. No, do I think the last two and a half quarters? I thought he was phenomenal. Oh, those two touchdown throws to. To Bryant and to Brown, both on fourth down, it's like I was like, right. "What you you?" I'm like, "You kidding me? You got to be kidding me!" Oh my goodness, phenomenal throws. Yes. Now I'm not. I'm also for Tomlin staying. Um, oh, I, I am too, because I just can't think of anyone else out there that's going to do a better job than he has. I mean, multiple trips to the AFC Championship, been to two Super Bowls, won one, lost one. And it's like, you know, just, who else you going to get? That's what I found interesting about, you know, you know they recycle coaches so often in the NFL. Uh, and it looks like Josh McDaniels is going to get the Colts job. I'm trying to think who was it that was in line for the Tennessee job. But Josh McDaniels has had one head coaching job in the NFL with Denver, and it didn't go that well. Now, look, personnel's different, experience level's now a little bit more different. Uh, and you know, I I just you know, I mean, after a while, you, you, a lot of it comes down to performance. Uh, now, do I agree with going for it as often on fourth down in the first half? No. Do I agree with the onside kick? No. Um, They came out. I kept thinking, okay, kick it away, kick it away, you know, because look, you're going to have one guy back. Jacksonville, of course, has to prepare as if you're kicking an outside kick. You're going to have one guy back. You brought up a great point in the conversation with uh, with Neil Kulong about the onside kick. You're right. I mean, now with uh, now with that wham rule in effect, I mean, I mean, you literally are going up against a stacked deck trying to recover the ball in an onside kick. Right. I mean, you can only put, I think, five guys on each side now. It's so hard to get it. You just can't You can't do it anymore. And look, if you kick it away, there's 212 left. So you kick it away, and you're not going to kick it away for a touchback. You're going to kick it away where he's going to catch the ball, especially on a cold day like that, at about the two, three-yard line. It's a good chance you're going to be able to get him between the 15 and 20. Well, now you've, you've got the field position... And now you look at your defense and say, look, you got to stop three running plays because you can't expect Jacksonville at that point to be adventurous. You know, they're in, they're in protect mode. And I thought when they went for the onside kick, he took away all of his options. But the onside kick led to a field goal, and that meant the touchdown at the end was completely meaningless. Oh, well. Well, what's done is done. Now you have in your final four... Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, and Tom Brady. <laughs> Roger Goodell, your thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting? You know, I, I thought Brady played really, really well on Saturday night against Tennessee. They just looked unfazed, even though Tennessee got an early score. You, you just knew eventually they were going they were going to pull away. But, but. 
you look at the last month, in reality, how well did Brady play? I thought Brady in the last month played well, but not great. You know what I mean? I mean, we're so used to Brady being great. I thought he played well, but not to his usual standard. Now, I thought the playoff game was close to his usual standard. I thought he was accurate. I thought, you know. But I felt the last month of the season, he just seemed like he was like a half step off here and there at times. Well, you got Chris Hogan now back into the mix uh, as a wide out uh, after his injury. And I think a name we're going to start to hear a lot more of is James White. Yeah, I mean, they got them both back in there. They're using uh, Lewis now as a first and second down back. And White is now coming on as the third down option for them. But what a phenomenal 180 that defense has taken. I mean, that defense was just getting uh, ridiculed and, and abused and shredded after that week one matchup with, with Kansas City, thinking, how are they going to repair that? Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Matt Patricia strikes it while it's hot to uh, get a coaching position, if that you know if that's if that's where he's going to go. By the way, I, I wish I had a chance to talk to Gene Steratore about this last time, but I didn't you know he he came out in the court and we already had started on the air. But of course, the Vikings had to come out, and they had to send out the Saints for the extra point. Now, you know that the spread in the game was five and a half. The converted extra point would have made it six. By taking a knee, it made it five. And there is a regulation rule that exists, and it, it is not changed for the playoffs because of the of point differential. It has nothing to do with the fact there's a five-and-a-half-point game. The issue is that the NFL never thought far enough ahead to game plan for this. Sunday was the uh, first fourth-quarter walk-off touchdown pass in playoff history. In the extra season, in the regular season, the extra point's a big factor. Why? Because point differential happens to be a tiebreaker. You know, I I, can't, I don't know how far down the list you have to go to get to point differential. I don't know if it's like the fifth or sixth or seventh tiebreaker, but you do have to kick the extra point for that. In the playoffs, uh, you know, they need to now amend that and just waive that. Now, if if it is a two point or a one point game. That has to be the caveat, where you have to kick it. Why? Because now, when they changed the rule two years ago to be in compliance with the college rule that's been in in existence now for thirty, almost thirty, well, almost thirty years now, where if you block it or pick up a fumble or intercept it, you can return it defensively for two points. That's why, for example, when Penn State beat Iowa in the last play of regulation, you know, Penn State had to go out and take a knee to end the game on the extra point because it made it a one-point game. Iowa could score and win it. So you had to do it. 
Well, five-point game, and you know, it should be any game that's three points or greater in the playoffs that ends on the final play of regulation, you don't need to uh, run an extra point play. That should be the rule. It's two points or one, you have to because it is a scoring play for the defense. Potentially they could tie the game, or maybe if it's one point, win it. But that's the reason why, see, the, the, that's where the regular season rule warps into the playoffs. It looked ridiculous, except in the regular season it has meaning because it is one of the tiebreakers. Point differential. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks to Neil Kulong. Tomorrow, Dave Spadaro to talk about the Eagles. Tomorrow. Yes, they're going on tour again. I'm just kidding. Uh, they are going out on tour. So you didn't think I'd do this, though. Yeah. Vince Gill's now joined them. Yeah, there you go. That's bucket list for me for, for concerts. Yeah. Love to, I would love to see them. I heard a rumor this. I heard a rumor this morning. There's a possibility of a Def Leppard Journey tour, same on the same ticket in 2018. So, wow. hope that would love to see that happen. And if it does, some, maybe a PA date, maybe a little road trip down to Hershey Park. I remember when the Eagles came to the Jordan Center. Yes, it was a big deal. It was. Da- David Letterman came in for it. Really, I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. You act as if I don't pay attention. To you. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that from. Hey, my goodness! Yeah, I think you haven't. I taught you to discount. What yeah, I know the, it's been the, 22 months. I, you'd think I'd the, learn the the opinions of a certain individual who <laughs> just wakes up every day bitter. <laughs> He makes Chuck Schumer look happy. All right, so. <laughs> Mr. Schumer, what are your thoughts on Trump weighing 239 pounds? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. 
Brutal. Watch, we'll get up tomorrow morning and we'll see Trump tweeting about Schumer's thoughts about him weighing 239 pounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Once we, we thought we've seen everything, it's uh, yeah. we yeah. haven't. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's, we're, we're, we're far from done with certain things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but to its credit, it's made on the mark lively. Right. <laughs> cross promotion. Yep. <laughs> I cross promote on the mark. You bet you do. Exponentially more than he 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 promotes this show. I think you're right. I should have chimed no, in a little quicker, though. <laughs> no, you had to think about it. I had to think about it, yeah. Because there's been some, some times here and there, if they have to go deep into the bullpen, they'll call me in to run the calls for that show, too. Yeah. No, it doesn't like, not like he doesn't want to. You know, but he gets off, he gets really busy on the show, just like we get busy yes. on the show. Yeah, so, I mean, get, he gets, they, you know. Yep, they get phone get, calls you know, right off the jump, and they've got topic points they need to get to. Sure. Right. Yeah. You, know, and, you know, and then, you know, then then you got the moments where they're, like, fighting with each other. And then there's the arm wrestling moment. I mean, you know, so you get distracted. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah, great radio. A, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, for a talk radio station, I mean, a lot of guys, ways. this guy's been a boom. <laughs> like, whatever you think about him, pro or con, like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the arm wrestling's not complete unless right, you know Ben Reichley's into referee it. So it's true. Yes. Now I did talk to the suit briefly yesterday. All right, and I think when I was done, I explained to him that jumping into the ice <laughs> <laughs> that he would only be wounded. <laughs> I've been in a polar bear plunge. <laughs> Deb's having surgery. I've had surgery. No, 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 no. Okay, let's try the sympathy thing here. Okay, like how you doing? <laughs> what was that one? I said, of all people, when you said I've been to prison. <laughs> I mean, you said that. I didn't say that. Oh, I did. You oh. did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> that's what made it. That's what made it two thousand times funnier. <laughs> I could have said it, like, I, uh, you said it. I mean, I fell on the floor. <laughs> we'll see if we can top it. We we'll see if we can top it this year. It's still early. No, my first thought was, my goodness, I've corrupted this dude. <laughs> <laughs> In less than 22 months. <laughs> You'll never be the same. <laughs> Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.